Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming services and then try to break them down for you scene by scene. Yep. Uh, Let's see, you can check us out on social media. Uh, Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as well as shop our sponsors. So it's the end of October... And so we had to, you know, conclude it with the original Halloween. Of I course. mean, yeah, it, you know, we Goes had to. Saying. Exactly. So um, we're going to break down uh, 1978's version of Halloween for you. So um, do you have our synopsis? I do. This one comes from uh, Internet Movie Database. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. Yep. All right, well, uh, you ready just to jump on in? Oh, yeah. All right, well, our first scene is, it's literally a pumpkin and the famous Halloween theme music, which as soon as you hear it, you know, it's like, okay, that's from Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to apologize right now for our dogs uh, yes. because they're loud and annoying. So sorry about that. It almost seems like no matter what we do, <laughs> yeah, they just, we've stopped fighting it at this point. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's just going to be there. Yep. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so we open up with that, um, you know, all the credits and stuff. Uh, and then from there, the first like real scene is, I believe we got uh, some cards first where it's Halloween 1963. Yep. Yeah. Hollywood, uh, Halloween 1963. And uh, it basically zooms in on a house and they go, they zoom in through the window and you see like this young couple, they're making out and, you know, having fun and things like that. And it's all through the window is, yeah. you know, what you see it. And, um, you know, you see the couple, they run upstairs, you know, the, you can tell the guy's super excited about that. <laughs> um, from, from there. The kissing is weird. Yeah. Just, the, a, just a little side note. Yeah. He kisses her and he like stretches her neck out. Like, as long as she possibly can. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then still from the outside of the house, you see the light was on upstairs and it goes out. So, you know, that means that they're about to go to, you know, to uh, Pound Town. Yes. So. Which in a scary movie seals your, (laughs) seals your doom. Oh, for sure. Every time. Every time. Either that or nudity. Yeah. One of the two. Exactly. So, um. (laughs) So you see that happen, and then you you see, like, it almost, it goes to, like, the back of the house, and you finally go inside the house, and, you know, you see, like, a kid's hand pick up a butcher knife from inside a drawer, yeah. and you can see him, and he's about to, like, make his way up the stairs, but you see the guy coming down the stairs, like, putting his shirt on, Yeah, which I guess he got in there twice and that he was done. <laughs> I mean... It was it was quick. <laughs> the time frame was like a good thirty seconds, probably yeah. between the time so the, the light uh, went off, camera and... went into the house. Yeah, which is kind of cool how they did the camera work. It's like a first yeah. person, 
a POV, basically. Right. It's supposed to be of the little boy. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be Michael. You know, Michael Myers as a kid. His point of view. Yeah, the going camera just kind of wobbles. Well, I mean, everybody's seen the movie, I'm sure, but the right. camera's just wobbly mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, it's cool, right? And so, yeah, so you see the guy coming down the stairs, and she's like, oh, you know, are you going to call me tomorrow? He's like, yeah, sure, meaning he ain't, he doesn't give a shit. He's no, he's not going to call. Um, so you see, uh, you know, from Michael's point of view, he's going up the stairs, and he gets to the top of the stairs, and he sees a clown mask, you know, on the floor that the guy had taken up there as, like, a joke to, like, mess with her originally oh, to begin with. I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, so Michael puts it on and now you see it through the mask where it's got like the tiny like little right. hole, you know, the little eye holes and stuff. And um, <clears throat> you see the sister and she's, I know for me personally, whenever I'm sitting in front of the mirror, I always got to sit in front of it naked while I brush my hair. That's right. Um, so yeah. It's she's, an unwritten law. It is. So yeah, she's sitting there topless, you know, brushing her hair. And all of a sudden she yells out, you know, Michael. And then he goes stab crazy and yeah. just stabs her a bunch of times. You know, she obviously falls over and you can hear her and, you know, she's in pain and stuff. And he, uh, you know, heads down to the stairs. Yeah, I'm sorry. He heads down the stairs <laughs> and, you know, with the knife and all of a sudden his parents pull up. Yeah. And, you know, they get out of the car and they're like, Michael and they take off the clown mask. And meanwhile, this kid is standing there with a bloody butcher knife. The parents are just staring at him. I love the light. The ladies, the mom's yeah, look the on mom. her face. Like, I can't believe you ate that much candy sort of look. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it had been me and I see the kid with the bloody butcher knife, my ass is going to run inside to find out what happened. Right. But anyway, so it just, that scene closes with the parents just staring at him while he's holding the bloody butcher knife. Yeah. Um, Let's see. The next scene is, uh, we've got another uh, card saying uh, it's Smith's Grove, Illinois, and it's October 30th, 1978. Yeah. And uh, we're introduced now to Dr. Loomis. And there's also a nurse, which I don't even think we really find out her name. She's just I don't a think nurse. so. But she's just in that scene. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she's driving, and they're they're discussing about uh, Michael Myers, and he, you know, she's talking about how the only thing that makes her nervous is whenever, meaning like the the um, psych patients, that makes her nervous is when they start, you know, talking and going on and on. Right. And he's pointing out to her, well, you know, you don't have to worry about that because he hasn't spoken a word, you know, in 15 years. Right. Um, since, obviously, that first murder or whatever. Yeah. And he, you know, he he ends up actually referring to Michael actually more so as it. Yeah, he never says he. Right. Or he does use his name. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps calling him an it. Right. And the nurse points <laughs> out, she's like, you know, shouldn't we be calling uh, him a him? Yeah. You know, and, you know, he's like, well, whatever you say. And she's like, well, you know, your compassion is overwhelming, doctor. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's smoking a cigarette and he notices a uh, a book of matches um, from this particular uh, place, which sort of comes into play later, kind of how he figures out where Michael is. Right. Um, anyway, 
And they're just they're discussing like what she's supposed to do. And also about um, she asks him, like, what am I supposed to give him? You know, when he goes up, you know, uh, in front of the judge. Yeah. And I can't remember what he mentions. He tells her what to do. He says Thorazine. Oh, okay. And she's like, well, he'll barely be able to stand up. And he's like, that's, you know, the point. Yeah, that's the idea. Pretty much. You know, they're on their way to go pick him up for an arraignment or a court court appointment. Wouldn't. I mean, it's it's a movie. You, you got to have, you know, your plot devices and stuff. Right. But isn't that a job better suited for... Daytime? Like, daytime and, <laughs> you know, police. Yeah. You know, people who are trained and, yeah. and capable of doing such things. Yeah. I, rather I, than a doctor and a nurse exactly. in a station wagon. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. But, um, so anyway, she, you know... They're just having this discussion and they pull up and they notice all of these patients are outside walking around in the rain they're outside. Free range patients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're free range patients just walking around. And the nurse even says, she's like, do they like let them walk around? Yeah. Uh, you know, outside of the, the hospital. And she, you know, at this point, Dr. Loomis tells her you know, to pull up or whatever, and he's going to get out. And she's talking about how, well, shouldn't we just pull up to the hospital? And he's like, no, no, just, you know, pull up here. Yeah. So she, you know, he gets out and I guess to like call somebody up yeah, there at the hospital. Yeah, he uses like the phone at the main gate. And so. While she's waiting in the car yeah. with a bunch of free range patients. Yeah. God knows what they're in there for. Just exactly. wandering around in the rain. And that's just it. So she's sitting in the car <laughs> And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see some, like, dude jump on top of the car. Yeah, he's like a cheetah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, at that point, you know, you can see her and she notice, she knows somebody's up there. Well, he ends up... I'm trying to think because the window was originally shut. It was. She rolled it down. And I think it's because... She was either, I can't remember if she's going to call out to Dr. Loomis or if she was going to yeah. strike up a cigarette, but she rolled it down I'm for assuming a probably to call Dr. Loomis. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so she rolled it down, and then at that point, he, you know, basically got in there yeah. with her, and he was trying to strangle her and right. kill her, and so she's fighting him off and stuff like that, and he ended up back on, I'm trying to remember, he ended up on the other side and she, um, right well he was never inside the car yet oh okay. he was trying to strangle her from the outside of the vehicle he was on that's the roof, right he was on the reach again through the open window my bad he yeah. eventually did get inside the car with her well well no i'm sorry he eventually did get inside but it was only after she managed to get out of the car well and he ended up cracking the window though yeah he went to the other side while and she was leaning up against that window and yeah. he cracked the window and then that's when she opened up the door hopped out and was like f this i'm i'm out of this exactly and then that's whenever he hopped into the car and drove off mm-hmm. and then at that point dr loomis who sounds mad at her which you f let you, the evil get away yeah you let <laughs> the evil get away well sorry dude he was trying to kill me okay <laughs> You know, yeah, sorry you, he got away. You know more about this evil than I do. Exactly. I was just in the car with a bunch of free-range mental patients. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> like you said, he says, you know, he's gone. The evil is gone from here. Yeah. Is what he says. Um, so the uh, we get another um, card or whatever. And now it's October 31st. 
um, Haddonfield, Illinois, yep. is what it says. So we're in Haddonfield, and uh, we're introduced to Lori Strode. Yeah. And um, you hear this conversation is between her and her dad, and her dad, you know, she's heading off to school, and he tells her, you know, hey, don't forget to stop off at the Myers house and make sure that you leave the uh, key under the doormat. Yeah. He's, you know, because her dad, we find out, is a... Uh, right. He's got like a... He's a real estate agent. So yeah, he's, he's got trying... Strode Realty on like the side of his car or yeah. two or something, doesn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. All sorts of signs. Yeah. <laughs> they set it up well. Yeah. It was obvious. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's trying to sell the Myers old house. Yeah. Um, so she starts heading off in that direction and, uh, we're introduced to this kid who she ends up babysitting later. Ah, yes. Uh, Poor little Tommy. Yeah. Tommy Doyle. And he's asking her all these questions about, you know, why are you going to school this way? You know, and she's, you know, like, oh, you know, I got to drop off a key and she's explaining to him what she's doing. So they get to the Myers house and he kind of freaks out. He's like, you can't go up there. And she's like, oh, watch me. And she dangles the key. And he's like, no. He's like, that's, you know, where, like, the ghosts and stuff live. Yep. And so she goes to put the key, you know, under the mat. And then all of a sudden you actually see Michael Myers in the, win- like, in the uh, door uh, window. Yeah, from the... From the inside. Peering from the inside. Yeah. Well, the camera view is from the inside mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear the, duh, you know, the music. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. The soundtrack is so simple, but it, it does is. a good job. Oh, for sure. That's kind of probably what made the soundtrack so great was that it was so simple, mm-hmm. but ominous in the same way. Exactly. So anyway, um, you see them and they're, you know, they end up leaving at that point And he's just talking about all the stuff that you know like oh can we do this can we do that you know later that night um for whenever she's babysitting and you know at that point they go their separate ways and uh we go back to dr loomis and he's discussing uh with like the head of uh psychiatry or yeah something like that head of that institution yeah head of that hospital yeah and he you know basically is telling him you know you got to contact haddonfield and let him know who escaped last night and the the guy's just like you know basically blowing off loomis yeah which is stupid of him yeah he knows like who michael myers is and was right in the real world he would probably be freaking out just as much as loomis is exactly (laughs) And so I love it because the guy is like, you know, Haddonfield is X miles away. He won't be able to get that far. And that's whenever Loomis is like, well, he was doing pretty well last night. And he's yeah. like, maybe somebody around him, you know, here gave him lessons. Yeah. Because that's just it. He's been locked up since he was six years old. So exactly. it's like, how did he figure out how to drive? Yeah. And he just, he spit off in that, yeah. in that uh, station wagon pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> he did fine. Yeah. He, uh, he knew what he was doing yeah. for sure. So um, now we've got Lori and she's uh, sitting in class mm-hmm. and the teacher is droning on and on about fate and all this other crap. Yeah. And it just shows her and she's, you know, kind of looking out the window. And at one point she actually does see Michael Myers, you know, with the whole, you know, face mask and everything. And right. Standing by the station wagon, mm-hmm. just kind of peering like a creeper. Exactly. Um, you know, and then at that point, the teacher asks her a question and she answers the question. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, we see Tommy Doyle, and uh, he's some somehow like so he's at school. Somehow he's got this big ass pumpkin. Which... Yeah, and a bunch of the kids. I guess his school is letting out. Yeah. And when the school lets out, you you see a bunch of kids like you know like they do they're running from the classrooms yeah. and they're going to get out of school. And all those little kids had like Halloween costumes on. But see, we did that whenever I was in elementary school too. No. I may have too whenever I was a yeah. kid. I just don't remember it. Yeah, no, we that's just it. In elementary school and stuff. Like, yeah, you usually could wear like your costume to school. Oh. Um, yeah. That part I didn't find weird. It was the pumpkin that I thought was weird. Well, yeah, the pumpkin was like twice his size, yeah. basically. He's carrying it, and it's as big as his torso. Right. <laughs> and so there's a couple of kids that are going after him saying, you know, he's going to get you. He's going to get you. Yeah. They're like, the boogeyman is coming, and he's telling him, you know, hey, leave me alone. And they're, you know, just, you know, harassing him and stuff like that about the boogeyman. Right. And then one of the kids trips him, and he falls and lands right on top of the pumpkin and splits the pumpkin, which, That must have hurt. Yeah. Because pumpkins are solid. Yeah. Until you actually, like, cut into one and hollow it out. Right. Those suckers are solid. Exactly. (laughs) From there, so you see him. He, of course, leaves the pumpkin, and you see him walking off, but you also see Michael Myers is chasing after, or not chasing him, but slowly following yeah, the Yeah, he's following in him in that car. Right. Kind of looks like he's about to, like, pick him up or, mm-hmm. or, you know, be like, hey, kid, I've got candy or something. <laughs> right. Um, so at that point, though, he end, he does end up, like, taking off. Right. It's just kind of a, a suspense sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, because yeah, you're wondering, like, oh, is he going to pick up the kid? Is he not? Exactly. That kind of thing. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, Lori is leaving school, and we're now introduced to her two friends, Linda, uh, to begin with. Oh, is that the lady she was with first? Yeah. I thought she was with Annie first. No, Annie, you know, comes up after. But anyway, so Linda's, you know, going on. She's, you know, this ditzy cheerleader chick. And she's going on and on about how, oh, I got so much to do, you know, before the dance tomorrow. And blah, blah, blah. And uh, she, you know, um, they're just, they're talking about that kind of stuff. And Lori's like, well, and as usual, I have nothing to do. And she's like, well, she's like, that's your own fault. I don't feel bad for you at all, basically. And then that's whenever Annie joins them. And she's like, hey, you know, wait up. You know, I've been, you know, calling you guys. And they're like, well, we waited for 15 minutes and you never showed is what, you know, is what she says. Yeah. And um, she's like, well, that's not true. She's like, I'm, you know, right here. And so they're just having girl talk, basically. And um, Annie basically says, you know, that her Halloween plans are basically ruined because her boyfriend got grounded for soaping windows and throwing eggs. Right. And so, you know, unfortunately, yeah, she's just going to be babysitting, you know, this, this kid named Lindsay. And that actually, it kind of makes Lori kind of excited. She's like, Oh, I'm going to be babysitting Tommy. We're only going to be like three doors away. Yeah. And, uh, you should have like a friend to talk to yeah. instead of just kind of being alone. With, right. Yeah. And um, we find out between, let's see, between uh, Annie and Linda, Linda asks like, you know, oh, you know, basically, you know, Bob and I have been planning that, you know, for a while now, meaning 
like, can Bob and I still come over to that house and, you know, bang. Yeah. Um, Do what's going to get their fate sealed, basically. Pretty much. (laughs) And so that's whenever Annie was like, oh, great. I've got three options. I can watch the kids sleep, listen to, you know, uh, Linda and Bob mess around or talk to you, is what she says to Lori. Yeah. Her friends are jerks. They kind of are. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then at one point, you actually see the car kind of speeding down the street. Right. And, you know, they're like, you know, um, I'm sorry, Annie's like, hey, jerk, speed kills. And all of a sudden, the car just, like, stops. Yeah. And then, you know, you're kind of thinking, like, oh, shit, is he going to get out? Yeah, he's going to, like, put it in reverse or he's going to get out and run or something. And then, you know, Annie's like, you know, God, it was just a joke. And at that point, the car ends up leaving and going off in that same direction. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. This is where, let's see, uh, Linda ends up, you know, going to her house, you know, leaving. And Annie and uh, Lori continue walking. And at one point, um, Lori thinks that she sees something behind the bushes. I mean, she actually does... Which, well, yeah, he's standing, like, basically in the sidewalk. Which I don't understand, though. He took off in the other direction in the car. How the hell is he <laughs> I don't now know. behind these bushes? <laughs> That's one thing about Michael. He seems to have, like, the best sense of direction. He's got, like, trekking of a GPS. Apparently. He, he can find these kids in this gigantic suburb. I'm assuming it's a big suburb. It is, yeah. He can find them in, like... You know, no time flat. Right. Like, they'll lose him and go to a completely different house on the other side of town. And somehow he ends up right behind them again in either the station wagon or walking down (laughs) the street. Exactly. (laughs) So, anyway, as they're walking down the street, Lori sees him and she, you know, is talking about how, oh, you know, there's a, you know, there's a man behind the bushes. Yep. um, Thinking that it was the guy, the person that was in the car. And um, Annie, you know, was like, oh, he's subtle, isn't he? And so she actually, she walks up to the bushes and kind of looks around. And then she makes fun of Lori by like, oh, you know, he wants to ask you out for tonight. And for some reason, Lori looks like she kind of like walks over there all excited. I'd yeah, like, like she's excited. Yeah, like, it's like, no. No, thanks. <laughs> um, anyway, so she comes up and of course, there's nobody, you know, behind the bushes. Of course. And, you know, Annie's like, oh, Lori, scared another one away. It's like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just go home? Exactly. Go dream of Paul. Or right. Or whatever it is you that do. That was Paul, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, they end up, uh, let's see, Annie ends up going to the house. And Lori turns to look back again to, you know, look at those bushes. Yeah. And then when she turns around, she actually smacks right into Annie's dad, who's like the police chief of the town. And she's apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Brackett. And he's like, you know, it's Halloween. Everyone is entitled to a good scare. And uh, she just, you know, kind of nods and heads, you know, starts heading home. Yep. And I thought this was kind of funny. So... She gets home. It's probably like four o'clock in the afternoon. Why are there trick or treaters out at four o'clock in the afternoon? I don't know. But then again, I remember, um, and it might be the same in a lot of neighborhoods. Um, I remember sometimes driving home from work um, back before you know you and I met or whatever. Yeah. And 
it would be about five o'clock, four thirty. Yeah. And there were kids already kind of slowly getting started on trick or treating. Maybe it's just because my parents work, so it was like, you know, they'd they get home at 6.30, and that's when, you you know, we would go. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I feel like the general rule is probably to wait until close to dusk. Yeah. So that people can get home from work and right. eat their dinner and yeah. all that. But I just, remember, I just remember seeing that... Um, there would already be a couple of kids. Not a lot. They weren't, like, crawling the streets. Yeah. But there, were, there was a kid or two here or there. Yeah. And it was it was probably really, like, people taking their kids to people's houses they knew. Yeah. And just get an early jump on trick-or-treating there, and then they'd hop in the car and go to the right. other neighborhoods. Yeah, that's probably true. But anyway, so she, you know, you see her in her room, and she's, you know, looking out the back window and once again, she sees Michael Myers in the uh, in like the neighbor's backyard or whatever. Yeah, he's not a good hider. No, he he hides in plain sight. Basically, he does. <laughs> she sees him and she like kind of freaks out and shuts the window real quick. Yeah, and then uh, she gets a phone call and all you hear is like these weird noises and she yeah. keeps you know saying hello, you know who is this that kind of stuff and she finally hangs up. And then, you know, the phone goes off again. And, well, turns out it was Andy. And she was like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I was chewing on something or whatever. And she's like, she oh. She chewed for a long time. <laughs> right? And, like, well, <laughs> and that's just it. Lori's like, well, I thought it was an obscene phone call. Yeah, she can't, like, let out, like, a little mumble or mm-hmm. something out. Be... <laughs> right? So, anyway, they're just having this phone conversation about how, oh, you know, I've, I've got my mom's car. I'll pick you up at 630. Yeah. And, you know, it just ends with that. And right. Lori kind of, she kind of just like lays down on her bed for a minute and she's kind of trying to calm herself down. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's fine. Type right. Of thing. Exactly. Um, trying to remember. Well, actually, uh, it cuts next to, after some time passes with Lori, I guess she's laid down from a nap. Now she's awake and she's living with this big pumpkin. And uh, she's waiting for her friend, um, Annie, is it? Yeah, Yeah, Annie. Annie. Annie the skank. (laughs) She's waiting (laughs) for Annie. Well, actually, technically, I guess she's not really. The other friend is. They're both skanks. Well, that's true. Annie's boyfriend just got um, grounded, so she couldn't skank it up too much. You're right. So, anywho, um, she's waiting for Annie to come pick her up. And uh, she's going to get into Annie's car, and Annie's like, you know, hurry up, get inside, and... My thought is, like, she's carrying this pumpkin that right? weighs probably as much as she does. Give her a minute. Yeah, It exactly. will be fine. And then at that point, she hands her, you know, uh, some pot yeah. to smoke. And so, you yeah. know, they take off or whatever. And um, are we with Loomis now? Uh, not just yet. No. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're correct. Okay. We cut to Loomis at the cemetery with... Um, I guess he's the groundskeeper. Yeah. And so, yeah, so Loomis is uh, talking to this groundskeeper. And this groundskeeper is talking about, oh, you know, every every town has a story, like, you know, similar to this. And he talks about this story from, like, the next town over about this, you know, guy that, you know, killed his whole family type yeah. of thing. And um, they're looking for Judith Myers' uh, gravestone. Mm-hmm. And... They, they stop and, you know, 
they find this one area where the gravestone is gone and the, you know, the groundskeeper is like, you know, goddamn kids, you know, they'll do anything for Halloween. Yeah. And that's when Loomis asks, you know, well, you know, whose gravestone is that? And he kind of counts out like where, you know, the pots or whatever are. And then that's whenever he says, you know, it was Judith Myers. And so um, he or, uh, I'm sorry, Loomis is like, he's come home, is what he says. <laughs> Donald like, Pleasance is great. Oh, he's great. Yes. Yeah, for sure. He's full of just foreboding mm-hmm. comments like that. Right. <laughs> um, and so we go back to the girls that are, you know, they're in the car, they're smoking it up, having yeah. fun and stuff. And um, they come up uh, real quick. Annie's like, oh, sh- you know, that's my dad. You know, get rid of this. Yeah, he's working like a burglary mm-hmm. or something. So that's just it. So they, which I don't understand why they had to stop. Like I would have been like, do 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 do. I'm just gonna keep going. Right. Well, yeah. He's on. He's on the job. Yeah. He's on. The he's job. working a burglary. So really, you need to leave him alone and let him work for that's, one. That's true. You know, it's if there's too many distractions, you can't do your job properly. Right. So you just, you know, just go on about your business and let yeah. the police do their work. And if my dad asked me, I would have been like, oh, sorry, dad. I didn't notice. I didn't see. Yeah. Well, or you could just say, well, I saw you, but you look busy. Yeah, you were so busy. I didn't think I should stop. Well, and so anyway, so meanwhile, Lori's coughing and stuff like that from, you know, doing the, doing some pot. Yeah. And, you know, Andy's like, gosh, she's like, what's wrong with you? You know, stop. <laughs> and uh, Well, she's smoking pot. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Right. So anyway, they, they, you know, stop, you know, the car and. Um, roll down the windows and she's talking to her dad the uh alarm is going off this you know that kind of thing and yeah she's like asking her dad so what happened and you know they're basically shouting at each other over this alarm yeah and he says oh you know somebody broke in and they stole a mask a rope and some knives Mm. and he's like you know so who do you think did it you know, he's like, probably some kids. He says, like, oh, I think it's, you know, it's probably some kids. And she's like, well, you blame everything on kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's like, so who do you think did it? And it's like, hopefully it wouldn't be kids stealing knives and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Knives and rope were yeah. the, some of the items stolen. It's like, that doesn't sound very good. Yeah. Hopefully kids I are would, doing that. Yeah. Um, I would definitely be looking for more than kids. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they basically they end, you know, the conversation, the alarm goes off and he basically screams at her, aren't you going to be late? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he shouts too. And then he, <laughs> she ends up, you know, they end up driving off. And then this is where uh, Loomis uh, shows up and starts talking to uh, um, Officer Brackett. Yep. And, you know, he is telling him about, you know, basically about Michael Myers and that, you know, he's out and, you know, you guys need to be on high alert, you know, looking for him. Yep. Um, that kind of thing. And what's funny is, is, is you can actually see, um, well, real quick before any of that happened, um, Brackett was like, oh, you know, let me take care of this real quick. Um, and I'll be back out to talk to oh, you. Oh, that's right. Cause and, the station wagon is parked mm-hmm. just down the road. Well, it's not even just, it's like right across from them. But yeah. Loomis's back was turned, so that's why he didn't see whenever the car came. Yeah, he would have right. noticed. He would have noticed the car because of, you know, the oh, yeah. uh, emblem and stuff for the, the hospital and stuff was on there. Oh, yeah, and Michael just speeds away because 
Yeah. He sees Dr. Loomis there. Right. And so he just takes off and mm-hmm. that's how Loomis didn't see him. Yep. Um, and so we're, we're back with the girls in the car and um, they're talking about how mostly you can tell Annie really wants Lori to like go off and kind of experience, like just go out and have fun and, you know, have, you know, some experiences and stuff. Yeah. And she's talking about how, you know, oh, you know, you should, you should ask so-and-so, you know, to the dance, he'd go out with you. And Lori mentions, she's like, well, she's like, I'd rather go out with Ben Tramer. Yeah. And she, you know, Annie's like, oh, she's like, so you do think about that kind of stuff, don't you? <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, I'm human, but you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And she's just kind of telling her, you know, like, oh, you know, you should ask him out, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, she kind of laughs, uh, I don't know why, about Ben Tramer. Or yeah. <laughs> but Lori's just kind of pointing <laughs> out, she's like, no, she's like, you can do something like that. I can't. Right. Which I get that because her personality is that she's supposed to be super smart and, you know, quiet. Yeah, she's kind of an introvert, too. Yeah. So it's like, I get where, you know, where Lori's coming from. I No way would I have asked a guy out. Exactly. You know, to a dance. Well, you kind of, especially as an introvert, you you kind of just really get more enjoyment sometimes out of just being by sitting yourself. around and being by yourself. I mean, yeah, you want to get out and do stuff once in a while, right? But every more often than not, you just want to sit down and recharge. Exactly, because being around people as an introvert drains you. Yeah. Whereas for an extrovert, it that's what charges. That's how them. they recharge. Yeah. They they like the energy. They like the socializing and right. stuff. So anyway. Meanwhile, the entire time, Michael has been following them. Yeah. Like, and like really close, too, I might add. I mean, it's not like oh, yeah, he's, he's far terrible back. at tailing people. Oh, well, they, they didn't know this. So <laughs> well, that's true. They're terrible at recognizing a tail yeah, then. Exactly. <laughs> also, and, how big is this town? Right. They started driving at 630, and it looks like it's like 9 o'clock at night by the time they <laughs> right? finally get to their babysitting exactly. job. <laughs> I thought maybe they were like two or three blocks away since, you know, we saw Tommy yeah. um, approach uh, Lori and stuff. So I thought maybe like they could have even walked, but exactly. apparently not because, yeah, it's freaking dark now. Exactly. Well, it's not 9 o'clock yet. No. Because at the first house, the girl that goes to the first house, which I guess is Amy, to babysit Lindsay... Annie. Um, Annie, I'm sorry, to babysit Lindsay. The parents, when they're leaving, tell her, have her in bed by 9. Right. So it's not 9 yet. Well, because they said but that But it's they awfully were... dark like it would be. Well, they said, like, um, you know, that they needed to be there by 7. That's why she got picked up at 6.30. Oh. So apparently it's like a 30-minute trip. Yeah. Well, this is October. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how... Uh, how early it gets, how dark it gets. Yeah. How how am I trying to phrase this? What time it would be by the time the sun would set um, up north in Illinois. Right. Um, but, because one thing I did notice, like, when we're up in Michigan and stuff, I noticed that even at, like, 10 o'clock, there's still some light. Yeah, that's in true. the summertime, right? But ten o'clock down here at nighttime is definitely nighttime. Yeah, that's true. But um, so you know, yeah, they both get dropped off. Uh, Michael kind of drives a little further, shuts yeah. the car off. Um, 
we go back and uh, we're actually now at the Myers old house, which is in a state of disrepair. <laughs> Very um, much. Yeah. And uh, Loomis and uh, Brackett are talking, you know, inside of the house. They, they go in and one of the things that Loomis notices is that there's a dead dog. Yeah. On the floor that apparently has been um, eaten on. Yeah. And uh, Brackett makes the comment, you know, a man wouldn't do that. And uh, Loomis is like, this isn't a man. <laughs> what he bas- you know, is what he says. Yep. And he goes into this whole, um, they go upstairs. And this is where Dr. Loomis points out, like, she was sitting here. And, you know, talking about the sister. Right. When it and happened. When and it all happened. That. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, he must have seen her from outside the window over here. Yep. And this is where we get this whole, you know, talk about how, you know, he had met, you know, Michael as a boy. And that, you know, he could basically see, you know, evil in, in this kid's eyes. That exactly. he had, you know, no remorse, no, you know know any you know anything like that right exactly like he'd just completely given up trying to help michael right he had tried for like he said eight for eight years to try to save him mm-hmm. but then he realized he's beyond help and so right. now he just wants to lock him up forever yeah and uh you know bracket was talking about how you know that you pretty much that you seem pretty scared yeah and he's like, yeah, <laughs> you well, know, I've got reason to be. Yeah, it's you like, did you? Too. Yeah, it's like, did you not hear my story? <laughs> yes, I just laid it out for you. Yeah, you saw the dog. Let's go, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, um, Brackett kind of asks him, like, well, what do you want us to? You know, what do you want us to do? Yeah. And he, you know, he says, like, okay, well, he's he was already at the house earlier. He might come back, so I'll stay here at this house. And, you know, you just tell your men, uh, you know, to, you know, keep an eye out pretty much yeah. for them. Which is kind of interesting. I noticed two things about this scene that were kind of odd. That one, Dr. Loomis is taking point walking through the house mm-hmm. while the sheriff, who we think at this point is the only one with a gun, mm-hmm. is behind Dr. Loomis. And also, Doctor Loomis is making all the calls, yeah. telling the sheriff what's gonna, what they're gonna do, what he's gonna tell his men, right. not to involve the media. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm pretty sure like the civilian wouldn't be telling the police officer what to do. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're just you're a consult, right? But you're not my boss. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think we go back to uh, the girls. Yeah. Now uh, we go back to. Uh, Lori and she's babysitting the uh, little boy Tommy. Tommy, and her friend calls from the um, uh, from the house across, basically across the street. Right, and she tells you know, she basically tells you know Lori that you know, uh, oh, what did she say? Well, she said that she called Ben Tramer herself, right, and told him that Lori had feelings for her and for him that I mean for him, um, and um, that. Oh, you basically... She wanted to go to the dance with him. Yeah. Yeah. And Lori, so she set her up. Right. And so Lori is just mortified by that. Right. She's just like, oh my God. She's like, you know, basically, you, you know, call him back. Yeah. And, you know, tell him that you were kidding. Exactly. It's like, well, it's too late. He's yeah. gone for the night or whatever. Yeah. So... But while they're on the phone, like, what's his face? Tommy sees Michael standing outside of, not the house that Lori's babysitting in, no. but the house that... 
Annie is babysitting at. in. And he starts saying, you know, it's the boogeyman and, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> I love it, though, because when Annie is talking to Lori, she's there. Uh, the German, the family is German Shepherd. Lester is yep. barking and, you know, kind of growling at her. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I hate this dog. This is, you know. This is like the only dog or whatever that doesn't like me. <laughs> and so she calls for Lindsay. She's like, hey, come, you know, basically come get your dog. Yep. Meanwhile, you can see, yeah, Michael outside and he accidentally knocks over something and distracts her. Right. Yeah. You you can see, uh, let's see, Tommy, you know, freaks out and talks about, yeah, you know, the boogeyman, you know. And, uh, of course, Lori looks outside. She's like, there's nothing out there. Right. Um, so let's see. Well, is she still on the phone with Lori? Or this may not be important. Yeah. But uh, ain't any before she hangs up with Lori, just before she hangs up with Lori, she spills right. butter. She spills. Is it on her shirt? Yeah, she spills butter on herself. Which, uh, of course, means she must strip down to. Yeah. You know, undies and everything. Exactly. Me, I'm living with it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just going to be buttered up all night until I, I can get home and change. Right. But <laughs> that's right. Yeah. She was on the phone because she's like, oh, crap. I, you know, spilled butter on myself. I'll have to call you back. Yeah. Is what she says. And then, yeah. So she she basically does strip down into, um, yeah, a shirt and uh, her undies. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember from there. So... I think she just goes into the laundry, like we get a laundry room scene, right? Yeah, she uh, goes, it cuts back real quick to Lori, and she's calmed down uh, Tommy, oh. and they're sitting there watching The Thing. The movie. And, uh, and Tommy is, yeah, the movie The Thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not watching The Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're watching the movie The Thing, and they're talking about the boogeyman, and, and Tommy's, you know, swearing up and down he saw the boogeyman, and... And Lori's comforting him, saying, well, don't worry, I'm, I'm here to protect you. Right. And then it cuts back to the other house where Annie is. Yeah. And she's getting ready to go to a laundry room, which apparently is a little shack in the backyard of the <laughs> yeah. house. It's like, <laughs> F this. Yeah. Could you imagine during, like, wintertime having oh, to walk Lord. that far yeah. to do your, it's like, laundry? It's up north. It's in Illinois. Yeah, it's Illinois. That so... place gets, like... <laughs> Tons of snow in the in the wintertime. Yeah, so she has to walk, like you said, basically to the shack thing in the backyard yeah. to do her laundry. And she goes in and tries to turn the lights on. The lights don't work. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. She, she can hear. She's trying to get her laundry started. And she can hear the phone. And she, you know, starts like, oh, Lindsay, that's Paul, you know, like, basically pretty much answer the phone. Right. Of course, Lindsay's watching TV. She can't hear oh, yeah, what's she, going on. Yeah, even if she could, she probably doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, finally, Lindsay, you know, answers the phone and, you know, oh, you know, yeah, it's Paul. And he's, you know, like talking to her about you know oh you know can you go get annie for me and she's like oh you know she's outside doing you know doing her laundry and yeah. he's like well you know just go get her for me okay she's like okay and she actually hangs the phone up on <laughs> i like i like Lindsay. yeah the little the little girl yeah <laughs> so annie though the problem for annie 
is that the door got stuck and so she can't right. get out. So she was actually trying to get out through the window. And Annie in her can't undies. see it that Mike yeah, right. Yeah. Annie can't see it, but she's at Michael's actually not like I don't think he's in the laundry room, but no. he's stalking around outside the laundry room, yeah. peeking in like a different window. Right. But Lindsay kind of when she shows up Yeah, he's you know, yeah, scatters. Yeah, it doesn't scare him. He's not no. scared of anything. But yeah, he like you said, scatters. Yeah. And so, lets, you know, what's her face, you know Lindsay. Lindsay McGee out of the window. <laughs> no. Like she was almost out of the window. She might as well just was. kept crawling. Yeah, Annie was. Annie, I'm sorry. But that's just it. Lindsay so screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> but Lindsay, she goes into the laundry room where Annie's stuck in the window and she's like, Hey, she's like, you know, Paul's on the phone. And uh, she actually ends up having to help Ann. She's like, you locked yourself in. And she's like, I know, you know. And so she walks over to help her get out of the window. Yeah. And she's like, promise you won't tell anybody about this. Oh, no. I am telling everybody. So that's just it. So the (laughs) phone starts ringing again since Lindsay had hung up on Paul. And, um, you know, she answer again, Lindsay answers the phone and she says she got stuck in a window. She's right here. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately narks her out. Oh, yeah, I would have to. And so anyway, we hear Paul talking to Annie and he, he was talking about how his parents have like left for the night, you know, so basically, yeah, we can get together type of things. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be back. Yeah. He wants her to come pick her up from, I guess, his house or something. Yeah. And so, you know, she is, of course, excited about how, oh, yay, you know, sexy times. (laughs) Yes, the plan is back on. Yeah, exactly. So she she talks to Lindsay and, you know, she's like, hey, you know, we're going to go pick up Paul. And she's like, but I don't want to. And she's like, well, you know, I thought we had an understanding, you know, between the two of us. And she's like, you know, well, you know, I I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and she's like well she's like what if i could fix you know fix it so that you can watch tv with tommy uh, doyle yeah and she was like oh okay you know yeah. she got all happy about that yeah she got a little girl crush i mm-hmm. guess on tommy yeah <laughs> and so you know she uh she calls up uh i think she called up uh I, I don't remember if she called up Lori or if she, she just, just like walked across the street with Lindsay in tow yeah, and I think took her did. to Lori's yeah, babysitting. I, yeah, so I think, yeah, so they show up or whatever, and that's whenever um, she, you know, is telling, she's telling her, you know, I need you to call Ben Tramer and talk to him and, you know, cancel this whole thing. Yeah. And she's like, well, she's like, he's going to be out drinking with so-and-so. You're going to have to call him about it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, she basically is like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm going to go pick up Paul. You know, he figured out a way to sneak out. Yeah. Um, You know. Yeah. Fate sealed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. So um, she ends up heading back over to the house and the kids are obviously staying with uh, Lori. Um, she heads back to the house and, you know, she goes to get into the car and she realizes, oh, you know, I don't have my keys. Right. It's so, locked. Right. It's locked. Well, she goes in, gets her keys, comes out. She actually op- is able to open the door. Yeah. She just mindlessly opens mm-hmm. it. Doesn't even think about it. Doesn't sits think in. about it. Sits in. 
when she gets in the car though she does notice like oh she's like wait a second that door was locked before no she notices all the condensation well that too inside of the thing so she even goes and like wipes it like on the windshield yeah and then that's when michael starts comes up from behind and starts to strangle her first yeah and you know strangling strangling her and then i guess he pulls out a knife at some point yeah he does yeah he kills her and and then just kind of well, he kills her, but she actually lands on the horn. Yeah, where it's just kind of honking constantly. Well, because when she's struggling and stuff, she's like trying to honk the horn and all that kind of stuff to get some, you know, yeah. some attention. And at, you know, once he kills her, she lands on the horn. Right. Um, and so we go back to uh, we go back to Lori and those kids, and you know, they're just doing you know like watching the movie eating popcorn yeah um that kind of stuff i think like she's working on a jack-o'-lantern and you know things like that well he decides like oh i'm gonna scare you know <laughs> Lindsay or whatever so he hops off the couch and he goes to hide behind a curtain and he's all like you know Lindsay, you know trying to freak her out and she's you know looking around well, he turns around and he sees Michael Myers actually carrying right uh, Annie, mm-hmm. and you know you see them go into the house, and then that's when he starts screaming about the boogeyman. Yep. And Lori tells him, you know, basically to knock it off. You know, there's no boogeyman. Um, you know, and he's like, but I saw, it, you know, I saw it, and she, um, you know, is basically telling him, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to send you to bed, is what she says. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, you know, but I know I saw it. And, um, oh, what's her name? Lindsay is like, I believe in you, Tommy. Yeah. You know, they just kind (laughs) of sit down and you can tell, like, Lori's like, oh, God. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, it goes back to Dr. Loomis. He's at the Myers house. Yeah. uh, Still waiting for Michael to show up. This is where he's scared. And he uh, tells those kids. Okay, so. Yeah, the kids, the yeah. bullies, actually, that were bullying Tommy at the school. Yeah, they were now daring. trying to, yeah. Yeah, one of, the, one of the bullies was daring the other bully to, you know, go into the house. And yep. the kid is actually at the door. And Loomis tells him to, you know, get your ass away from there. And so yeah. the kids take off. Yeah, he's so proud of himself yeah. after he does that. He's like, I just saved their life. Yes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, he bumps up against Brack and he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> kind of scared or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they're just, I think at that point, he's basically telling them, like, you know, we haven't found them. Right. They haven't found anything. Yeah. Like, there there hasn't been a call. There hasn't been anything. Right. Basically. And Loomis is insistent. Like, no, yeah. he's here. Yeah. And uh, Brackett's like, well, if he is here, he's like, damn you for letting him out. Right. And, you know? and again, Dr. Loomis is making the calls. Right. So, like, the sheriff is basically saying... No, we haven't found anything. And Dr. Loomis is like, we have to keep looking. Mm -hmm. And the sheriff is like, you know, well, you know, if we keep looking, then um, basically Dr. Loomis calls the shots again. Yeah. He just tells him, well, you know, we got to keep, we got to keep looking for this guy. And the sheriff is like, okay. Right. So. Yep. (laughs) 
Um, and so for the next scene, we see uh, Linda and we're introduced to Bob, her boyfriend. Yes. And they, Bob. Yeah, they show up in a shagging wagon. Of course. Yep. They got their, their beers and stuff in their hand. And she's talking about, okay, the plan is, is that, uh, you know, we're going to go up to the door, make small talk, and then... Uh, uh, Annie's gonna distract Lindsay, and we're gonna go upstairs to like the first bedroom on the right or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And after she goes over the plan, <laughs> Bob is being a Dumas. He's he's like she's like you got the plan. He's like yeah I got it. First I rip your clothes off, and she's like no this is expensive top. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. like and then you rip my clothes off. And then he's like, and then we rip Lindsay's clothes off. Which is like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, bro, She's you like, like eight. Yeah, you, you're over here involving an eight-year-old girl and yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, to me, that seems like it would have been a mood killer for right? her. She would have been, been like, been take me. me home Yeah, exactly. Now, and I'm going to make a phone call <laughs> yeah. once I get there. <laughs> exactly. But no, apparently she's okay with it. So yeah. he, uh, they get out of the, the van and he picks her up. First thing I noticed is he left the van door open. Yeah, wide open. Yeah. In the next shot, we see the van is not open. Right. Yeah, that was probably an error. Continuity. Yeah. So anyway, they get up to the house and, you know, they're they're calling for Annie and the house is completely dark and stuff. So yep. um, they turn on the lights and, um, yeah, they can't find Annie anywhere. So naturally, they must just jump on the couch and well, get down to business. Yeah, but first they call, <laughs> they call Lori first. Oh, that's right. And they and find out that Annie has left to go pick up Paul. To go pick up Paul. Yeah. And that... Um, that uh, Lindsay is over there. Mm-hmm. And then that's whenever she gets excited because she, she's like, oh, Lindsay's gone for the whole night. Her competition is gone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, very much. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at that point, you know, they're, you know, dry humping basically on the couch and stuff. So, God. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We go back to Lori and. You know, at this point, I think they f- they finished, you know, the pumpkin and, you know, um, they're talking about, like, what else they're going to do. And, you know, it's like, okay, let's finish this movie. Yeah. And so, like, they're watching it and stuff. And um, I think we go back to Bob and her banging. We do. Now they're up in the bedroom, which I guess is the parents' bedroom of yeah. that particular house. Yeah. And there's a pumpkin on the yeah, nightstand by the pumpkin, bed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're doing the typical, you know, movie, you know, love scene stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, some thrusting and some humping. Yeah, I can't remember why they they stop at some point. I think it's just because of a phone. But anywho, no, he. Oh, that's right, the phone. The yeah. phone like rings, but he takes it off the hook, and then yeah. they get back to business. And then he finishes then five it's... seconds later, anyway. <laughs> then they're done. Yeah. And so she tells him to go downstairs and go get a beer. Right. For her. Yeah. And so he does, and he goes down to the kitchen. But while he's there, of course, Michael is in a house. Yeah. And he just really just kind of explodes out of, I guess, a pantry or Mm -hmm. a closet or whatever. And he picks the dude up, and, you know, he's strangling him and stuff. But then he just takes a knife. Yeah, and he, like, pins him to the just right yeah. in the, like the stomach well he pins him to the flimsiest door in the kitchen yeah like i think that was like another pantry or a cabinet door or yeah. something but anywho yeah he but, uh he did that and uh 
from there, Michael just kind of stands there and he does the whole head tilt thing. Yeah, like he's a dog just kind of staring. Looking at something curious. Yeah. And uh, then we see back up into the bedroom, Annie is laying in bed with a, I guess she's still smoking her cigarette. Yeah. And then Michael opens up the door to the bedroom, but you don't see him in the doorway. No. He's wearing a sheet. And he's taken Bob's glasses, and he's right. wearing them over, over the sheet, which yeah. is kind of funny. Well, <laughs> that's just it. She thinks it's Bob. Right? She thinks around. it's Bob. You yeah. know, and so she's you know calling to him like, "Oh, Bob, you know, quit messing around. Give she, me my beer." Yeah, she's like, "Where's my beer?" Yeah, and uh, he doesn't answer for. Well, he never answers. Yeah, because so, he's Michael Myers. So she gets out of bed, and of course, you know, you have your um, movie nude. You know. Oh yeah, you gotta go topless. Her. And that's how you know somebody's about to go. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, so she, you know, she gets up out of bed and she's like, you know, tells him again, quit screwing around. You know, we gotta, yeah. we gotta find out where um, Annie, Annie is. is. So she calls Lori over at the other house to find out about Annie. Yeah. But as Lori answers the phone on the other end, he Michael grabs the phone cord and wraps around it around her neck. What's and her name? Linda. Yeah. Yeah, Linda. And starts strangling Linda. Yeah. And all you hear from Lori's perspective, perspective is like, yeah, it sounds like sex Yeah, noises. weird groans and moans yeah. and, and yeah. stuff and like that. Yeah, she's like, all right, you know, you know basically. Quit not, messing around. Quit messing around. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, yeah, you can hear, you know, she basically, yeah, is strangled to death. Yeah. Um, but you could tell Lori at that point is kind of worried because... Yeah, she hangs up the phone and then she looks out the window at the house. Mm-hmm. And she can and see the lights going on and off. Exactly. That kind of thing. And so she, at that point, is, yeah, kind of worried. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I think that's actually, like, at this point, I think she goes to check it out. Yeah, she starts, I think she starts heading that way, but then it cuts back to Dr. Loomis. Okay. Who's still at the house right. waiting for Michael to show. And... You know, I think he just wasted probably a good, like, four or five hours <laughs> because he looks across the street and he sees in the distance his station wagon. Right. Which must have been parked there the entire time because yeah. Michael has been there yeah. the entire time. <laughs> and so he starts walking towards the car and I think at about that time the sheriff pulls up. Yeah. And Dr. Loom, the sheriff again is telling him we're not finding anything. And he's like, well, you take the back, the back of the house is I'll take the front. Yeah, because he tells, he tells him, him like, look, that's my car. Right. And that's the car that Michael stole. He's right. here. Yeah, he's somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And so then they go off to go try to find out what house he's at in that mm-hmm. block. And this is where Lori at this point, yeah, is, you know, kind of suspicious. So she... Um, starts heading over yeah. uh, to where Annie was babysitting. Yeah. And so she, you know, it's a lot It's a lot of, like, suspense, especially, like, with the music and stuff like that going exactly. on. Exactly. She's just slowly walking mm-hmm. through the house. But eventually she makes it upstairs and sees a light on in the room. Right. And so she goes inside, and this is where she sees Annie sprawled out on the bed with the uh, Here Lies Judith Myers yeah. uh, tombstone. And at that point, yeah, she, you know, freaks out and she backs up. And when she backs up, she 
uh, what's his name, uh, Bob, his body starts swinging. Yeah, comes out of like some sort of it's closet like the or closet. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and starts swinging. And so this whole time she's, you know, oh, you know, like scared. Yeah. And then she bumps into, uh, what's her name? Um, shit. Linda. Yeah, Linda. Yeah, she's been put inside of a cabinet. Yeah, and she's dead. Yeah. And so she's, you know, basically holding her mouth and she's scared and, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of screaming and stuff. And then you see Michael uh, come up from behind and you see the knife come down and it gets her in the shoulder and tears her uh, sleeve. Mm -hmm. And then she ends up actually falling over the banister. Yeah. Um, Which is a nasty looking fall. Yeah. That should have like really injured her or broken a bone or something. Yeah. Realistically, a, that probably would just would have killed me. That was a long fall. Mm-hmm. And then there's the stairs. Right. To contend with the exactly. pointy end of the stairs. <laughs> well, <laughs> All of them. <laughs> somehow she's not injured. She, yeah, she gets up. She gets up and uh, she ends up in the kitchen and she, you know, locks the door and stuff. She's trying to go out the the. Uh, glass yeah. uh, patio doors. Yep. And it turns out there's like a rake or something that's up against yeah, the uh, door he's handle. Yeah, up there or something. Right. And so he's smashing his way, trying to get through the door. And she takes her, her full hand and puts it through the glass to knock the rake over. That's not a good I mean, idea. No, honey. Use your elbow. <laughs> yeah. The elbow would have worked just fine. Wrap something if, around the elbow first, yeah, ideally. Something. Or grab something and throw it out the windows. Right. Well, so anyway, so she, you know, takes off running. And uh, she goes to, like, the neighbors. And she's, you know, screaming for help the entire time. And she goes to this house. And she, you know, is screaming, you know, and... The she sees a lady and she's like, you know, she's like, you know, hello, you know, please help me. And the lady yeah. just shuts the lights off on her. <laughs> yeah. Nobody at least calls 911 yeah, or anything. They all just ignore her. <laughs> and so she uh, she heads back to the Doyle's house and she realizes that her keys are gone yep. um, to get into the house. And so you see Michael and he's doing his slow ass walk. Oh, yeah, he's, like, way down there. Dude, Michael is chill as hell. Oh, like, yeah. Like, there's no running. There's no none of that. He's just going to walk. Yep. And so you see him heading towards the house. And um, she takes a uh, a uh, plant. and Because the whole time she's screaming for Tommy. Because she needs t- Tommy to come down the stairs and unlock the door. Yeah. She takes the planter, throws it up against the window. Which causes, you know, him to wake up. So he's, you know, meandering down, you know, to finally open the door. Yep. (laughs) So she finally... What do you want? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So she, you know, gets in and she tells him, you know, get upstairs and, you know, and shut the door. Do what I say. Mm -hmm. And so she's down in the living room and uh, he, you know, he uh, comes in and she, you know, her back is... No, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, her back is to him, and he, you know, comes in, and she takes her... Her uh, her, her Girl Scout knitting needles. Yeah, and she stabs <laughs> him in the neck with it, and yeah. he falls over. Yeah. For some reason, she thinks he's dead. I don't get that. Yeah, she, like, picks up the knife that... He, he, he tried to stab her first, yeah. but he ended up stabbing the couch cushion. Yeah. And that was still in the cushion. She grabbed the knife, picked it up, and looked over the couch... And he's, you know, on the floor, and she mm-hmm. just assumes that he's 
gone yeah. for good and right. all is well. So she tosses the knife on the floor. Yeah. And goes upstairs to the kids. And to, she and she tells them, she's like, you know, um, go downstairs and, you know, she basically tells them that, you know, that she killed the boogeyman. Right. Basically. But she didn't. Well, and that's just it. Tommy's <laughs> like, well, you can't kill the boogeyman. And then they start screaming because it turns out he's behind them. Right. And she's like, get in there and lock the door. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she heads into, I guess, the parents' bedroom and she opens up the uh, the outside doors yeah. leading out to the patio thing or whatever. And uh, she gets into the closet. Well, he comes in and stuff, and she's, you know, huddled into the closet. And he basically just tears that closet down. Oh, it's yeah. it's like the flimsiest closet. Oh, yeah, it's those flimsy little accordion doors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, with the little, um, oh, I forget what they're called. But uh, louvers? I don't Louver? know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't but matter. But anywho, yeah, he busts <laughs> his way through them, no problem. Yeah, and so while he's doing that, she... Stands up quickly and grabs a uh, hanger and she manipulates it. So now it's all pointy in the end and she pokes him like in the in the eye. Right in the with, eye. Right in the eye and he drops the knife. And then at that point she grabs the knife and she kind of like she stabs upwards and gets him. Right. She Yeah, she, she, she gets him with his knife. She did that a couple of times. Well, she only did it once. Oh, okay. And he fell over. Yeah. And again... She thinks he's dead. She thinks he's dead, <laughs> throws the knife away. Um, every horror movie, they make the same mistake, it seems like. Yeah, I know. Um, and then she, she again, gets the kids she out gets of the, the kids deal. And she tells them, she's like, okay, she's like, run downstairs, go to the McKenzie's, you know, yeah. and let them know that we need help. And she's yeah. like, do what I say. And so the kids start running down the stairs and this is where Loomis comes, and he sees the kids running from the house. Yeah, and he's so, just down the street, and yeah. sees the, he sees them screaming. Yeah. And so he hears he, them screaming, I'm yeah. sorry. And so he knows, like, okay, shit's going down. Right, that's where Michael's at. Mm-hmm. So we see him, he enters the house, and Lori's sitting there, and, you know, her back is turned to Michael, and, you know, she's just kind of in shock yeah. about everything that's happened. And he does his famous sit-up. Mm-hmm. He just, just sits right up. Yeah. And he um, he approaches her from behind and starts to strangle her. Mm-hmm. Well, Loomis comes in with they're struggling. I'm sorry. First, like they're struggling. He's you know strangling her. She actually unmasks him. Right. You I think this his, is the only movie that I, they do that to him in. I think so. You see his face really quick. And he pulls his mask down, and then that's whenever Loomis shows up, and he starts shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And he shoots him. I mean, he unloads the gun on him. Yeah, I think he shot him a good, like, he was, he, he, he should have been shot a good, like, four or five times. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. So, meanwhile, every time he gets shot, he goes backwards, and he ends up falling over the second story. Right. Um, you know, onto the ground. Mm-hmm. And they show him laying on the ground. And then at that point, um, Loomis is, you know, talking to Lori and Lori's crying and everything. And she asks, like, you know, was that the boogeyman? And he's like, as a matter of fact, it was. Yes, it was. And then you see him and he goes and he looks outside and now Michael Myers is gone. Dun, dun, dun. Which leads off to plenty of other sequels. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm sure you're going to touch on this the end, by the way. Oh, yes. I'm Finn. sure you're going to touch on this uh, 
infinito (laughs) on your uh, facts segment here. Yeah. But Halloween 2, wasn't that Halloween H2O? No. Okay, it was not? No. Halloween H2O was for 20 years later. So... H2O, this, the original movie was 1978. Yeah. H2O was in 98. Oh, see, when I was, I was trying to find out this stuff and I was doing a little bit of looking and, and I could never find just Halloween 2. It was Halloween and then Halloween H2O right below Halloween it. 2, it was in numerals. Did oh. you try that? No, I did not. Yeah. That's probably why it didn't yeah. pop up. Yep. So. Freaking Romans. <laughs> So I do have, yeah, a lot of uh, pretty good facts. So from a budget of three hundred thousand, the film went on to gross forty-seven million at the U.S. box office. So in two thousand eight, takings that would be the equivalent of a hundred and fifty million, making Halloween one of the most successful independent films of all time. Not bad for nineteen seventy-eight, too. By the way. I mean, it was scary. I mean, it's good to have a budget of three hundred thousand and then gross four point seven million, no matter right what time. But nineteen seventy eight, that's that's pretty impressive, right? So John Carpenter uh, considered the hiring of Jamie Lee Curtis as the ultimate tribute to Alfred Hitchcock, who had given her mother Janet Lee uh, legendary status in Psycho. Oh, I don't know why I keep forgetting that. Uh... Her mother was Janet Lee. Yeah. Um, let's see. Of all the female leads, all the girls are supposed to be in high school. Only Jamie Lee Curtis was actually a teenager at the time of shooting. <laughs> really? Yeah. So all the other uh, all the other women in the movie were not teenage. Apparently not. Huh. Let's see. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill have stated many times over the years that they did not consciously set out to depict virginity as the way of defeating a rampaging killer. Uh, the reason why the horny teens all die is simply that they are so preoccupied with getting laid that they don't notice that there is a killer at large. On the other hand, Laurie Strode spends a lot of time on her own and is therefore more alert. In other words, <laughs> being <laughs> being a virgin in a horror movie is the way to go. Apparently. <laughs> so, let's That's see. That's still what I get out of it. Yeah. Let's see, John Carpenter's intent with the character of Michael Myers was that the audience should never be able to relate to him. The story is based on an, on an experience John Carpenter had in college uh, touring a psychiatric uh, hospital. Carpenter met a child who stared at him with a look of evil and it terrified me, he said. Wow. Yep. That's frightening. I'm not even going to lie. Right? So, let's see... Half of the 300000 budget was spent on the Panav- Panavision cameras so the film would have a 2.35 to 1 scope. Also, uh, Donald Pleasance was paid 20000 for five days of work. <laughs> so that was Not part- a bad paycheck. No. $20,000 to work for five days and say a bunch of foreboding stuff. Right. Let's see. John Carpenter wrote the role of Linda for PJ Souls after seeing her performance in Brian De Palma's Carrie, which was in 1976. Oh, okay. Uh, the stabbing sound effect is actually a knife stabbing a watermelon. I've heard that they. Uh, I remember <laughs> watching a uh, show back when I was uh, um, a kid. It used to come on the History Channel, and it was called Movie Magic. And it was all about like behind the scenes stuff with movies, how they came up with the sound effects and the special yeah. effects and 
all that stuff. It's really kind of cool watching yeah. how they got everything working. So as the movie was actually shot in early spring in Southern California, as opposed to Illinois in late October, the crew had to buy paper leaves from a decorator and paint them in the desired autumn colors, <laughs> then scatter them in the filming locations. To save money after a scene was filmed, the leaves were collected and reused. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. However, as Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter note on the DVD audio commentary, the trees are quite full and green, and even some palm trees can be seen. Despite that, in Illinois in October, the leaves would probably be mostly gone, and there would be no palm trees due to Illinois' cold climate. <laughs> so. Very true. I never noticed the palm trees. I just noticed I, all the shrubs were still green, the grass was green. I did notice palm trees. Really? Uh, in particular, when That's Tommy funny. is coming up to Lori, if you look off in the distance, you can see palm trees kind nice. of far away or whatever. That's so. funny. So, yep. All of the actors wore their own clothes since there was no money for a costume department. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis went to J.C. Penney for J- Laurie Strode's wardrobe. She huh. spent less than one hundred dollars for the entire set. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of all I've got. There's definitely a ton of uh, a ton of facts, though, for sure. So. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff about that. Right. So, let's see here. Uh, what do you want to use to rate it? Um. You could use the obvious Michael Myers masks or the clown mask from the beginning. Do you want to use? Or, uh, we can use um, or pumpkins, that's knives. True. <laughs> I don't know. Let's do pumpkins. Okay. Well, yeah, let's do pumpkins since it was the the theme through the whole movie. Right. Is even during the whole credits. Right. I'm gonna give it uh, three and a half pumpkins. Oh yeah. Well. I... I think I would do more. I think I'll do four pumpkins. Wow. Still. That's a lot for you because you hate, like, scary movies. Well, it's not so much the scary movie that I don't like. It's right. I don't like a lot of the over-gore. Yeah. Like, the gore stuff. Right. Like, if a scary movie has a little bit of gore, I can handle it. Um, but I more like the suspense side of it. Yeah. Than anything. Exactly. Let's... The sort of less is more sort of thing that Alfred Hitchcock used to do all the time. Right. Let's see. You can you can basically find this anywhere. Uh, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Vudu. Um... Yeah. I would recommend Prime over I over Vudu, really. Yeah. Vudu is, I'm looking here, $10 to yeah. rent or watch. Yeah. And iTunes and Prime are, are $3.99. 3. Or you can catch it on uh, cable on AMC, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, around, depending, obviously, on when you're listening to this episode. like, But around Halloween, like, yeah, they show it on AMC, like, constantly. Yeah, I'm showing, like, movie times, like, mm-hmm. basically every single day. I mean, they'll, they'll basically show, like, Halloween, Halloween 2. I think they usually skip 3, and they... <laughs> They show like oh yeah. Speaking of, I'm seeing that now too. By the yeah, way, yeah. I mean, it's just it's constantly so. Halloween two, Halloween three, mm-hmm. four, five, the curse, yep. and then H two O. Yep. So I mean, Halloween water. Yeah. So you can watch it pretty much whenever. That's some fun H two O right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, next month we're going to be watching uh, a lot of Thanksgiving based movies. Yep. Um, so we're going to start off with, uh, the Ed O'Neill movie, Dutch. Yeah. Um, 
So should be able to find that pretty much anywhere. Um, don't forget to uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, send us your uh, movie recommendations because for January we want to be able to do some of those for you guys. Yeah, yeah, um, I think we got a couple. We have a couple. But obviously. Um, yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks guys for listening. Yep. All right, Thank bye. You. All right, bye.